going on, Vinyl Community? You are listening to The Record Spinner here on Vinyl Community Podcasts, and welcome to another episode of a series that I am hosting exclusively here on the podcast called Current Rotations, where I share all of the records that I have been spinning as of lately on my turntable. And in this today's episode... We are working with a clean slate because obviously in past episodes, I have discussed various records that I got for my birthday, notable pickups from my trip to New Orleans with the youngest members of the VC, record store day favorites, things like that. There was always a sort of central theme to kind of tie all my current rotations in. This time around, I went digging deep into the collection, as well as a couple of new things that I recently acquired that I've been spinning a lot as of lately, but this is an absolutely killer episode with a little bit of something for everybody. We have some alternative, we have some progressive rock solo albums, we have some psych rock, we have some hard rock, a little bit of everything for everybody. So let's dig in, shall we? First up, I have been spinning this amazing piece of mid-2000s, almost, I guess you could say, power pop by an unintentional supergroup in the Jack White world. Of course, you're probably thinking of one particular band that comes to mind, and that is The Raconteurs, and it's their debut album, Broken Boy Soldiers, from 2006. Now, this album is absolutely fantastic. Of course, most notably, it has the song Steady As She Goes, which I'm sure most people should know. But then there's some other great tracks on here such as hands uh the title track together store-bought bones and of course that great bluesy closer blue veins uh for those that are not aware the raconteurs is a group in its own right but it's not conceived to be seen as a supergroup in the sense that everyone in the band has been a part of notable Detroit-based acts. So, of course, you have Jack White of the White Stripes. Uh, you have Brendan Benson, who is a singer-songwriter from the Detroit area that him and uh, Jack had kind of worked together as far back as like the late 90s and then you have bassist jack lawrence and drummer patrick keeler uh they are the rhythm section of the detroit rock band uh the greenhorns and jack lawrence also plays with jack white in a band called the dead weather and so everyone's kind of intertwined but it's not a super group in the sense that when they play as the raconteurs they play material from other people's endeavors they just focus exclusively on the work that they have worked together as a four piece along with covers and other things and the reason why i decided to uh spin this album um first time in a long time actually i would say it's been about over a year since i last played it is because the news got out that there is going to be a repress of this album going to be made available in the vinyl market. And it's been a hot minute since this album has been available widespread wise. Um, because I think the only place where you could get it is through the third man records web store, as well as the in-store locations. So it's been gone from distributors and such. I've been trying to get some copies in at my shop and, um, the news got out that they're finally pressing it up again. And I was like, you know what? Let me pull this off the dusty shelf in the R's and uh, give this album a spin. And it never disappoints. Like I said, it is a brewing piece of great melodic power pop in one of the best albums from the 2000s. So if you're not familiar with the Raconteurs, stop listening to this episode. Get yourself a copy of Broken Boy Soldiers. You won't be disappointed. 
Next up is an album that exists in the Pink Floyd family tree, and it is the solo album of keyboardist Richard Wright, and the album is called Wet Dream. This album first came out back in 1978, and for the first time ever, so many years later, this album has been given a proper reissue treatment, not just as an album by itself, but it is it has been given the remastering, remixing magic of Mr. Stephen Wilson. And that man seriously works some wonders on all of the albums that he has had a hand in remixing, whether it's for the likes of King Crimson, yes, Steve Hackett, XTC, amongst many other bands that he's now tapping into. For a while, I thought he was just a prog guy, but now he's kind of doing everything else. So it's really, really awesome to see. But uh, Wet Dream first came out back in 1978, very much unnoticed, kind of was sandwiched in between um, Animals as well as The Wall. And then at the same time, when Richard was working on this album, Coincidentally, at the same studio in uh, France, Super Bear Studios, David Gilmore was also working on his debut solo album, and it kind of just went sort of under the radar and has been highly coveted by the absolute diehardest fans of the Floyd. And um, the only time that I think this has been properly like reissued outside of its like regular release date was some CD copy available in the states around the '90s, and I think every other uh, reissue since then has been unofficial. So this is the first time that the estate has uh, gave the powers that be the okay to get this record back out. Now, I do have to say, I mean, this was an album that I maybe listened to about once or twice before really diving into this remix. But when one listens to Wet Dream... It shows how crucial Richard Wright's instrumental contributions were to the DNA of Pink Floyd's sound. Sure, you had Roger Waters at the forefront with the thematic ideas, and then you had David Gilmour's trademark lucid guitar work, but... Richard's contributions is really the mold that holds it all together. And I feel like as the 70s progressed, Richard's influence was definitely missed, particularly on an album like Animals. And that was kind of the shift where Waters kind of turned Pink Floyd into a sort of musical dictatorship. So... I think it was probably a relief for Richard to kind of just let loose on this album. But even with that said, like some of the instrumentals on here, such as Mediterranean Sea, as well as Cat Cruise, like you close your eyes and you're just transported into classic Floyd territory with the saxophones, the chord sequences, the harmonized uh, dueling guitars. It's absolutely sensational. And then for the first time since 1972's Obscured by Clouds, Richard is in the vocal spot light uh singing tracks such as against the odds summer elegy and holiday and uh his former wife juliet pens the lyrics for the song pink song which is richard's own tribute to sid barrett kind of similar to how uh, roger waters paid tribute with shine on you crazy diamond but even though this album does have a lot of classic Floyd motifs, there are some moments that are distinctively Wright's own kind of flavor, such as Mad Yanis Dance and Funky Do, um, which kind of, you know, stand out apart from everything else. So it's not just easily like a Pink Floyd Redux kind of thing. Get it? Pink Floyd solo album, Redux, Dark Side of the Moon. Um <laughs> Anyways, but uh, but this remix is absolutely great. Um, there is some up-to-date uh, modern renderings of the album artwork. However, the original is referenced in an insert inside the gatefold jacket. And the vinyl pressing comes pressed on a gorgeous piece of sort of marbled blue vinyl, which does match the uh, sort of nautical motif of the album artwork. So if you're a Floyd fan and you have not listened to Wet Dream, you must check it out for yourself. I will go on record saying that it is mandatory listening. 
Next up is an album by a band that I was so fearful of diving deep into for various reasons, and I'm sure most others may possibly agree with me, just down to the massive scale of their catalog, and that is King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, and the album that I have been spinning of theirs is Float Along, Fill Your Lungs. So King Gizzard, I have to say, is probably the most prolific modern rock band of our times due to their immense track record of generating so many album releases. Releases, particularly in like the last five years. I think there was one year where they promised to deliver four studio albums in one go, and sure enough, they did. And between all those studio albums and live records and official bootlegs that they kind of licensed to anybody to put out, uh, their body of work is absolutely massive. Just to listen to musically alone, I can only imagine what it's like for uh, vinyl collectors that are seeking out every variant of a certain album because I will say King Gizzard's catalog is well represented on vinyl uh, being pressed on various limited edition colors and various labels licensing their stuff. Hell, there's one studio album of theirs, the name is escaping me, but they basically had put it out for free and they were like, you know, this is our free album to you. If you want to start a label, here, this is your first release or if you are a label and you want to put it out, please go ahead and do so. We don't see a penny of it. It's yours to keep. So that's kind of cool how they did that but then you go to discogs and you're like wow there's 300 entries for this one single album you know (laughs) it's it's crazy but i'm sure there's at least one collector out there that has everything but anyways i went off on a on a minor tangent so i've been picking up some of their albums slowly but surely um i have nonagon affinity uh flying microtonal banana i'm in your mind fuzz as well as float along fill your lungs now float along is one of the band's earlier albums and this was kind of when they were still in a sort of i guess it's best described as a sort of west coast psych pop kind of sound very reminiscent of bands like tame impala and foxygen they kind of just fit the mold right then and there uh there is a great long jam that opens up the album called head on pill and uh there's a bunch of songs that just have great for lack of a better term swagger things such as god is calling me back home let me mend the past along with my personal favorite pop in my step it is just an infectiously positive song and then the closing title check float along fill your lungs it is just a great swaying uh conclusion to the record now the version that i have is called the venusian sky edition and uh, the jacket does come in this sort of cardboard sort of outer jacket which is kind of cool but it's kind of annoying when you have to like place them on the shelf because like if you're because for me personally i like organize all my records chronologically based on when the band released them but then when you have them in these sort of cardboard you know spineless sort of jackets it's like okay which album is this i mean obviously it's only one pull away and you can see but you basically get my drift but the jacket itself features this really cool kind of spiraling square projection over the band nice printed uh, inner sleeve and the vinyl itself like i said it is the venusian sky edition so it's kind of like a sort of starburst colored vinyl consisting of blue black and white and it just kind of each pressing is kind of unique and not one is going to look the same so it looks absolutely tremendous and it makes me want to dig into the even earlier stuff of king gizzard before they really went all truly psyched out and more jam based so uh been having a fun time digging through their catalog and i can only imagine what other records of theirs i will be seeking out in the very near future so i should point out that the month that i am recording this episode is not October, 
It's Rocktober. So Rhino Records every year puts out their Rocktober reissue um, line where basically Rhino will take a bunch of titles from their catalog of various labels and put out limited edition colored vinyl pressings of those titles. They generally sound great. They're relatively affordable and they're fun to collect, both for albums that let's say you're looking to get an upgrade of, albums that you want a colored pressing of, or even for let's say an artist that you're not too familiar with and you want to kind of dig into, this is a prime opportunity to do so. And I can gladly say that I have purchased some albums from Rocktober's past uh, kind of out of impulse, just for the sake of having and kind of digging my way in. Hell, I can even say that with some of the titles that came out this year for Rocktober, but you'll have to find those out when you see my October um, vinyl haul video up on YouTube, which if you're not subscribed... You know what to do. But uh, my favorite release from this year's Rocktober uh, campaign was the vinyl debut pressing of Stone Temple Pilots' Thank You. Thank You is a compilation of theirs that came out back in 2003. And it has all the hits from Core up until, I believe, it's the number four album, I believe, uh, along with an acoustic version of Plush and the song All in the Suit That You Wear, which is exclusive to the compilation. It is seriously such a killer collection i had a lot of fond memories of listening to this compilation uh back when i used to work at fye uh, my manager at the time was a massive stone temple pilots fan and we would just play the hell out of this comp and i always hoped because i knew for a while that this had not existed on vinyl i kind of thought that maybe someone in the unofficial realm uh would press up a um an unofficial variance of it on colored vinyl at least do something i would have you you know, that would have sufficed, but it's great that Rhino decided to pull the trigger in time for the compilation's 20th anniversary for October. And it's absolutely sensational. Nice gatefold jacket. Um, it's pressed on nice blue vinyl that matches the color scheme of the artwork. And um, the content is spread across three sides of vinyl. And of course, to reference the sunflowers that appear on the jacket, the fourth side is uh, dedicated to an etching of a sunflower. So if you want a little dash of stone tip pilots, seek out the blue vinyl rocktober pressing of thank you. And speaking of Rocktober, I've also been spinning another record in my collection that coincidentally came out from Rocktober in 2016. And I remember picking it up back when it first came out. And it is a fantastic record, a must for any hard rock enthusiast. And that is Deep Purple's Machine Head. Um, what can be said about Machine Head that has not been said? It is by far Deep Purple Mark II's defining hour. Of course, the Mark II lineup consisting of Ian Pace on drums, Ian Gillen on vocals, Vocals, Richie Blackmore on guitar, Roger Glover on bass, and John Lord on keyboards. And of course, the making of Machine Head is immortalized in the lyrics of Smoke on the Water. Basically, they all went down to Montreux in Switzerland. Uh, they were going to record at the casino there, but before they were due to record, uh, there was a show performed by Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention, and uh, someone had shot off um, a flare gun in the venue, and um, it burned to the ground. So then the band uh, ended up uh, decamping to a um, an out-of-season hotel, and they recorded the album there, and the rest is history. And because of that song, Richie Blackmore crafted an iconic riff that I think would ban you from most guitar centers or other music shops. I mean, it's literally just so recognizable, but yet, nine times out of ten, when people play the riff, 
they're most likely playing it incorrectly because Richard plays it in fourths instead of just doing power chords like most other people, including myself in, in all honesty. Um, but that's just music theory talk. So if, if you know what I'm talking about, you get what I mean. If not, I'll just move right along. <laughs> but aside from Smoke on the Water, you know, there's some classic Deep Purple tracks on here such as um, Highway Star, Space Truckin', and then you got some great deep cuts like Pictures of Home, Never Before, The Bluesy Lazy, uh, a cool sort of riff-based tune like Maybe I'm a Leo. I think I just rattled off every song on this record. It is seriously sensational by all means. And like I said, the pressing that I have in my collection is the 2016 Rhino Rocktober pressing. It comes pressed on a clear vinyl gatefold jacket that replicates the photo collage also has the poster of the lyrics but what is cool about this pressing is that they actually just simply reused the metal parts from the previous pressing that rhino had done i'm actually pulling the, the record out just to confirm it for myself because it was indeed mastered by kevin gray at acoustic mastering is it just kevin gray or was it steve hoffman as well yeah, I think it was just Kevin Gray, but regardless, it sounds absolutely sensational. And I believe Kevin Gray had actually um, recut this record um, over at Coherent Audio, uh, which is his most current uh, mastering facility, because he was doing acoustic mastering back when he was working am- alongside um, Steve Hoffman, amongst other um other clients but um it's an absolutely gorgeous sounding pressing hell i don't even think the differences between the acoustic mastering cut and the coherent cut are going to be absolutely you know staggering so um definitely check it out for yourself it sounds absolutely amazing punchy and it's an essential record for any hard rock enthusiast Last but certainly not least, I'm going to shine a light on Philadelphia's self-proclaimed constant hitmaker, and that is Kurt Vile. Kurt Vile is one of my favorite modern indie rock artists, and honestly, like when it comes to like encountering musicians, like in real life, like. They are people just like all of us. I would just play it as casual. But Kurt Vile just kind of has a glow to him that I feel like if I was to ever encounter him out in the wild, I would probably get starstruck. He just has this sort of luminous glow around him. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But anyways, the record of his that I have been spinning as of lately is his album Childish Prodigy. Uh, This was the first album that he did on the Matador label when he first got signed back in 2009. And um, it is still very much in the sort of lo-fi vein as some of Kurt's other work that he had done for other labels with albums such as um, Constant Hitmaker and God is Saying This to You along with some of the other like CDR EPs that he had put out just by himself in the early uh, 2000s um, opens up with the song Hunchback which is just like a low and gritty kind of jam uh, which actually um, that is the not exactly the title track, but there is an EP that him as well as his backing band, The Violators, did called The Hunchback EP, which is kind of lifted from there, but it's re-recorded for this release. Um, you get some kind of like sequenced percussion bits and Overnight Religion. Um, you have some distorted kind of resonator guitar type stuff on a Blackberry song and Heart Attack. Um, I would say like the most notable highlight on this record is the song Freak Train. I say highlight in the sense that it was the one track off the record to be given a music video type treatment so i would say that is the song that perhaps best represents this album along with hunchback and then it closes out with a great sort of long droney jammed out inside looking out 
Definitely a little bit of a deep cut Kurt Vile album to explore if you're kind of new to his material. But if you kind of want to see the roots of where he kind of started out, then this album is a solid place to go to. Um, I should mention that I think uh, the most readily available uh, copy as of right now is the 10th anniversary pressing from 2019, which is what I have here. Um, it comes pressed on blue vinyl, also comes with a, an insert, and there's also a bonus EP, um, which is pressed on. I believe it's purple vinyl. It's not in my main jacket. I have it with my seven inches, but I believe it's on purple vinyl. But um, if you want to check out some lo-fi Kurt Vile, definitely give um, Childish Prodigy a listen. So there you guys go. That is yet another installment of Current Rotations, a series that I am hosting exclusively here on Vinyl Community Podcasts. See you guys in the next episode. And most importantly, keep the record spinning. (laughs) 